All right, <clears throat> Psalms 8. You with me? All right, we're going to read it, and then we'll come back and, and look at Psalms 8. <clears throat> o Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, who have displayed your splendor above the heavens from the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy and revengeful cease. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the fields, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalms 8, a psalm of David. So this is one of the 75 or so psalms out of the 150 that, that uh, is attributed to David. And like we've said before, he was a musician and uh, he loved music, and it spoke to him, and he wrote this. So let's go back to verse 1, and if you will, uh, go to Galatians, the third chapter. Whole, whole uh, Galatians, you find First and Second uh, Corinthians, and then G.E. Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So the first one is Galatians chapter 3. Now, Pastor Bobby is going through Galatians, so we're going to talk about it today, but when you when he gets to Galatians, he'll correct my mistakes, okay? <laughs> so we'll, we'll go from there. All right. <clears throat> David starts off and he says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We've told you before that kind of like the realtor's term of location, location, location. When you come to Scripture, it's context, context, context. And we've told you in the introduction that Psalms was all about Israel and all about the Hebrew people. So he's written this, David, O Lord, our Lord. Our Lord. So he's talking to the Israelites. Well, how does that apply to us today? We've used a term from time to time that we are redeemed Israel. It does apply to us. So we're going to Galatians, and then we're going to Romans, and we're going to see how this uh, is for us. So Galatians, the third chapter, uh, Let's look at um, uh, beginning in verse 6. 
and we'll follow the scripture that I've got outlined here. Okay, Galatians 3, 6. So Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Let's read that again. Therefore be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached all gospel beforehand to Abraham saying all the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham the believer. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. But now no one is justified by the law before God is evident. The righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practiced them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, In order that Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We've told you before that when we read through Scripture, when we read through the uh, last part of Exodus and through Leviticus in particular, with all the sacrifices and everything that God says do, we, we, we hang our heads and say, how can anybody do that? And all of a sudden we flood, flooded with the, the peace that we're living by faith and we're under grace. We're not under the law. And Paul is trying to get that through this, the, the Galatians um, uh, head here. So verse 14 again, in order that in Christ the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentile so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now skip to verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law being shut up from the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now the faith, now that faith has come, we're no longer under the tutor, for we are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For all of you were baptized into Christ, having clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew, nor Greek, nor slave, nor free man. There is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. Verse 29, hang your hat on this. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs, according to promise. So, O Lord, our Lord, it's applicable to us today through faith. 
Now there's another scripture we want to go to, Romans 11. Back up, go to the left, Romans 11. And this is another way Paul has talked about this, beginning with verse 17, and he compares it to uh, uh, agricultural thing when we talk about grafting uh, in, in the vine. Verse 17 of chapter 11 of Romans. But if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches, but if you are arrogant, remember it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. Now we say this in in context, you know, we, we use the term uh, Judeo-Christian, you know. We are very much grafted in our Jewish brothers. Um, so let's continue to read there and <clears throat> verse 19. When you say then branches were broken off that I might be grafted in, quite right. They were broken off for their unbelief. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Behold then the kindness and the severity of God to those who fail. Severity, but to you God's kindness if you continue in this kindness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. And verse 23, and they... Uh, also, if they do not continue in their un unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what was by nature a wild olive tree, you were grafted contrary to the nature into a cultivated olive tree. Now much more will these who are natural branches be grafted in to their own olive tree. So, uh, Paul is using this term. He says there came a time when Israel just didn't believe. And God's grafting us in to there. And he says, but he's not finished with the Jews. Verse 25. For I don't want you, uh, brethren, to be uninformed in this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So all Israel will be saved, just as it has been written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. From the standpoint of the gospel... They are enemies for your sake, but from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts of the calling of God were irre irrevocable. For just as once were disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy uh, because of their disobedience, so also now have been disobedient that because of the mercy shown to them, they may also they also may now be shown mercy for God has shut up in disobedience so that he might show mercy to all 
they're still the Jews are still God's people. God's still going to deal with them. He still he st he still loves them. But right now, as he says in verse twenty five, he says he's hardened their hearts for the fullness of the Gentiles to come in. So another way to say what Galatians said: we are we are in Christ, and therefore. We are, uh, we get to partake of the Old Testament promises. So, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Okay, now, there's another thing here in this very first word. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. Uh, you, this is very familiar uh, with us, with you. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse, verse 10. <clears throat> you, this is at the burning bush, you know. Uh, Therefore come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and what should I bring the sons of Israel out of e Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with you, and you shall be a sign to you, that is, I have sent you, excuse me, when you have brought the people out of Egypt and shall worship God in this mountain then Moses said to God behold I'm going to the sons of Israel and I will say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you and how may and how they may say to me what is his name and what shall I say to them verse 14 God said to, Mo, to Moses I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. God furthermore said to Israel, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and his and this is my memorial name. For all generations. Back to 14. Do y'all have a footnote in your Bible that says anything there? Related to the name of God. Do y'all have a footnote? Anybody? What does it say? Anybody else got something? I'm looking for a word. Uh, Yahweh. 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 I, Isaiah 12, Yahweh. Yahweh. You know, the name of the name of God related Yahweh. He said, I am who I am. So when we go back, so when we go back to Psalms 8 and we read it, we read it again. O Lord, our Lord, that 
pertains to us. How majestic is Yahweh, your name, to all the earth, who has displayed your splendor above the heavens. Okay, verse 2. From the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength because of your adversaries to make the enemy revengeful cease. All right, Matthew 21. Matthew 21. All right, back to the New Testament. This is the cleansing of the temple, and if your Bible is in red, you will see some of Jesus talking, beginning with verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they became indignant. And he said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you ever read, Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you have prepared praise for yourself. So here's a direct quote of Psalms 8 that Jesus himself said. Out of the mouths of babes uh, and nursing infants, you, you have this. So back to Psalms 8, you know, verse 2. David said, from the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you've established yourself. And, and Jesus himself echoed what David had said years and years ago. Verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Whoa. It's been a long time since I took my shoes off and walked in the grass. But every time you do, you see the miracles of God. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I love this scripture. Uh, every time I read something in the newspaper or see something on TV or on the internet that some egghead somewhere has said something <laughs> I says you don't know scripture and I believe this far more than I believe anything else verse 12 of Isaiah 40 this is God talking here through Isaiah who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand 
and marked off the heavens with a span and calculated the dust of the earth by measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or has his counselor informed him? With whom did he consult when he gave him understanding? And who taught him in the way of justice and taught him knowledge and informed him of the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are alike like a drop from a bucket. They are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even leaven is not, is not enough to burn, nor its beast enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him, and they regard him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? As for the idol, a craftsman cast it, a goldsmith plates it with gold, a silversmith fashioned chains and silver. He who is impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot, seeks out for himself a skill, skillful craftsman to prepare an idol and won't totter. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretch, stretched out the heavens like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to dwell, and he who reduces rulers to nothing, he who makes judges of the earth meaningless, scarcely has he planted, scarcely has he been sown, scarcely have they taken stock, has taken root in the earth, but he merely blows on them and they wither storm carries them away like stubble to whom would you liken me that I would be his equal says the Holy One lift up your eyes on high and see who has created the stars the one who leads forth their host by number and calls them all by name because of the greatness of his power and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. When they say they've discovered something, that might be true, but God knew it all along and he's got them, he's got them named. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Job. 38, Job 38, Psalms, and then to the right, Job. After all his buddies have talked, God comes on the scene and he talks to Job. All their wisdom and everything that they thought they knew, Job 38, beginning in verse 4. Everybody with me? Where were you when I laid the foundation for the earth? Tell me if you understand. 
Who set its measurements since you know? Or stretched the line on it? Or who were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together for all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who enclosed the sea with the doors which burst forth? It went out from the womb. When I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and a door, and I said, You shall come, but no further, and here you shall proud waves stop. Have you thought about it when you go to the beach? How did it stop where it stopped? The tide that comes in regularly, we know about it because we've observed it time after time after time. It stops. Job says, or God said to Job, he said, I told it when to stop and where to stop. Verse 12. Have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place? What it might take to hold the ends of the earth and the wicked to be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and stands forth like a garment. From the wicked the light is withheld and uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deeps? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of the deep darkness? Have you understood the expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way of the dwelling in the light? Darkness is where it's placed. You may take it to the territory and you may discern the paths of its home. You know for you were born then and the number of your days is great. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow? Have you seen the storehouses of the hail? Have you, which has been reserved for the time of distress and for the battle of war and battle? Where is the way that is light? Where is the way that light is divided? Are the east winds scattered upon the earth? Who has cleft the channel for the flood or the way for the thunderbolt to bring rain on the land without people or desert without man in it or satisfy the waste of desolate man to make the seeds of the grass to sprout. Has the rain a father? Who has begotten the drops of dew? From those whose womb has come the ice, from frost of heaven who has given it birth, water hard like stone and the surface is a deep in prison. He goes on. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Back to Psalms 8. When you consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you even thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? Hebrews 
Hebrews. You can go to 1 John and start backing up to the right. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5. For he did not subject the angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. But one has testified somewhere saying, What is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor and you have appointed him over the works of your hands and you put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him but now we do not yet see all things subject to him. But we do see him who was made a little lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might test, test, taste death for everyone. Again, we have a direct quote in Hebrews, whoever wrote it, from Psalms chapter 8. What is man that you even thought about him? Back to Psalms 8. Verse, verse 6. You made him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, all the birds, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heaven, and the fish of the sea, and whoever passes through the pass of the sea. Genesis chapter 1, all the way back to the left. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which fruit 
uh, has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the sky and everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for you for food. And it was so. Back to Psalms 8. You make him ruler over the works of your hands and put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, beasts of the field, birds of the heavens, fish of the sea, whatever passes through the path of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If you ever get to hold on to the fact that you have access to everything that God ordained and it's good. And Jesus is your big brother. It makes a difference. Well, Michael W. Smith took the first two verses or the first verse of this thing and wrote a little chorus that we know and if Max and I can get it queued up I want you to listen to Kim Collinsworth if, from the Collinsworth family and it's got um, it's got the words down at the bottom it's an instrumental piece but she's a terrific pianist and I think you'll understand um Get the lights shared, please. Thank you. Thank you. 
You're dismissed. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.